Okay, well, today's the day all of my dreams <laughs> have come true. <laughs> it's a court of thorns and roses extravaganza. This, this is, is for Avery Bray. <laughs> she requested Farah a long, long, time, long ago. time ago. Um, and we were like, okay, we could do that. Or we could do a bonus episode about all of the women of A Court of Thorns and Roses. Because you know we can't just start talking about one character and not go on forever. And a million tangents. Yeah, exactly. This is going to be crazy. So this is our mid you know, in between two seasons, just bonus app, bonus fun episode that like, if you are not interested in this book series, you do not have to listen to. <laughs> and I have two really important things to say. Yes. Number one, spoiler central. We, yeah, we're not holding back. No, not if you, if you plan, I mean, we're going into possibly fan theories, mm. the Hulu castings, the whatever. If you plan on reading this series come back to this later <laughs> i didn't come up with any castings by the way i did so i made a okay, list of good. like people because there's really like one person in particular that i think should play amarin okay so we'll get there we'll get there, we'll get there. okay but anyway yeah super spoiler and then second thing that i really need to put out there is that everybody needs to understand that i love this book series like sometimes more than air <laughs> like i will sometimes stay up reading it just like when i've had a bad day till like two in the morning just to make me feel better yeah but that being said i'm going to pick on it today so if Ooh, you're a huge fan okay. like and i'm poking fun at it i don't want you to be mad at me like i'm also a huge fan i'm just <laughs> not gonna necessarily be like a hundred percent on board with every fucking decision yeah well i think it's part of loving something is having the power and the ability to critique it sure sure so fun and thank you sarah j mass for your brilliant oh writing oh my gosh um with all that being said this is her story on the rocks you got to do it <laughs> Woo, how fun and uh, we are a show that talks about famous women from history yeah but sometimes we like to just talk about the things that we like to talk about. Usually this would be reserved for Patreon. So mm -hmm. if you like the show, if you want us to keep it going, this is a, we usually do this at the end, but I don't know if anyone listens that far. No. So right up top, if you want to hear more conversations like this one, and that, but more about our personal lives, <laughs> come over and join us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can buy us a drink and keep mm. the show going. All right. So just wanted to get that out of the way. Cause sure. I feel like we haven't set it up front in a while. We haven't. Um, but this is exciting because, again, this is something we love, and we're going to kind of keep it a little like the traditional show. Yeah. we're going to start off by talking about what these women look like, these characters. <laughs> 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 because, as we always say, you might be busy. You're trying to look through our catalog of episodes because you're like, I know they covered Ada Lovelace, and yes, we did, but it is like now nowhere on any stream. It's episode platform. two. You have to find it on the website. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, but you might be searching, so you might not know what the characters look like. So we're gonna get a little physical, physical. All right, do you want to start with yes. Feyre Archeron? I'm starting with Feyre Archeron. Okay, so she has a pert, pretty nose, sharp cheekbones, and a soft, 
full mouth with lightish brown hair. She is definitely beautiful as a human, but stunning mm-hmm. as a fae, but not necessarily as stunning as her two sisters who are apparently like hot, hot, hot. <laughs> um, she has a tattoo on her left arm that goes from her elbow down to her hand. She has one down her back. She has a double like tattoo band around her upper arm. And um, she has like mountains now, like on her palms. Uh, lots of tats, lots yeah. of Illyrian tattoos. She's tatted, tatted up, which is something I forget about while I'm reading the books. Oh, yeah. And then they'll be like, like Reese's chest was swirling with his Illyrian tattoos. I'm like, oh, that's right. Yes. Like they're covered in tattoos, like, like all of them. I will bite you, honey. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but then we decided instead of doing, uh, and you, a lot of fan arts out there. So yes. this has never been played by real people yet. Yet. So there's a lot of fan art if you want to look these people up. But we decided, even though these two women, more. Moore and Amarin don't come in until the second book. They're definitely the two most well-loved female characters other than Farah. I would totally agree. And also, what do you think about this girl playing Farah? Her name is Josephine Langford. She's adorable. She looks like a modern-day Alicia Silverstone almost. Yeah. Yeah. But I saw her on some of the things, um, and I feel like she can look serious but also very like soft and pretty so, which I yeah think is which what, you have to be Farrah yeah. has to be both I also thought like a young Natalie Portman yeah <laughs> but she'd have to be that's the thing like when I think about like one of the um Hemsworth brothers playing Tamlin I'm like they're too old at this mm, point yeah I no. want them to start younger anyway no. go ahead go ahead okay. go ahead so who do you want to do more Amron uh I want to talk about more mm-hmm. Moore is described as incredibly beautiful. She has a curvy body, rich brown eyes, and bright golden hair. And, like, I always, like, I think a lot of the pictures I was saying, like, people have her, like, wavy hair. Yeah. But I always think of it as, like, capital C curly. Like, not Shirley Temple, but, like, this. Oh, interesting. See, I always pictured her more of, like, a Khaleesi hair. Like, it is just, like, long and wavy blonde, but very long. See, I picture it, like, like very, like, voluminous. Yeah. This is an author that I don't know her name, but I thought <laughs> that's what I picture in my head. Like, those big... I also picture her with very big, big eyes. eyes. I mean, she... When Feyre first sees her, she says she's the most beautiful woman she's ever seen. Yeah. Like, she is, obviously, Rhysand's cousin and mm-hmm. his counterpart in, like, gorgeous. It's just funny because I used to work with a girl named Caitlin who is like one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. And she in that's who I picture. But I couldn't find a picture of Caitlin because she is scrubbed from the Internet. (laughs) Good for her. I don't know what happened to her, but I'm proud of her. (laughs) I'm proud of her, honestly. (laughs) Okay, and then we have Amryn, who is a petite little thing. She's (laughs) small and thin with smooth smooth hair tan skin her hair is kind of straight and silky and chin length and she's pretty uh, but has these eyes that are on fire they're uh-huh. burning with silver flames because Amron is not quite human and also not no she is not she has something all her own and confirmed by author of asian descent because everybody's like she sounds like she's asian based on the description Mm -hmm. and that would be the case and i think that greta lee of russian doll is perfect perfect to play her oh yeah look at her yeah gorgeous but scary yes and amarin has to be scary and she also can be i think amarin can be a little bit playful too though oh yeah and i think that greta lee plays that really well especially in like russian doll yeah where like she'll like snap and then be like 
I'm just kidding. Like, you're like are you? Are you like, are you going to murder me? JK. <laughs> By the cauldron, Amron. Calm yes. down. <laughs> okay. Katie, tell me about this beautiful night cork cocktail. I'm dying. Okay. So we found a list. You found a list online of someone made a whole bunch of cocktails for a Court of Thorns and Roses. One for like each character. Yes. Crazy talk. So this is based on recent. Do you say recent or resand? It's resand. Resand. But the first. The first audiobook, they called him Resend. And then after that, it was Resand. And when I read it, like, physically, I always said Resand. That's what I would say. Okay. Because, I mean, I put the eh on the A, like a good American. (laughs) So this is based off of Resand's Night Court Margarita. Um, But I switched it up a little bit. So it's equal parts tequila and lime juice. And then you put an ounce of blue curacao, cream of coconut. And I did some, like edible glitter stuff to make it like shiny shiny and then i put um Ugh. lemon juice and sparkling sugar on i want to call rim. it can we just like call it farrah darling yeah <laughs> yes. so we can call it okay cheers mm. Mm. i love it i don't ever picture tequila at the night court but i I bet that's what they serve at uh, that bar more loves going. Oh, yeah. Rita's. Rita's. <laughs> Rita's. Because <laughs> it's the margarita. Yeah, that's where she loves to go. So this is right. Exactly. I feel like I can totally picture them drinking tequila on, like, Starfall. Oh, yeah. And, like, getting really crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. No, not the Bat Boys. <laughs> the, all of the little Bat Boys, the Illyrians, I'm sure that they only drink hard liquor. Well, they drink a lot of wine in the books, but I'm sure it's mostly, like, yeah, I, dr- I poured myself mm. two fingers of whiskey. Mm. This is great. This is nice. Mm. Okay. It also reminds me of Starfall. <sighs> you mean the best Which holiday? Also, what the hell? I didn't even think about this until I was listening to another podcast about this. I didn't think about it crossing over with Crescent City. Oh, yeah, of course. That's what, like how she's, that they're falling star- out of the yeah. sky. Come I, on. I know. <laughs> okay. Also, some background on me. I've only read the series through once. Okay. It's so all right. I'm not as like, re- I can't recall it as well. I still love you. But I really love these books. Okay. So okay. <laughs> let's start with Farah. And we're just, instead of going through the story play by play, we're just going to talk about interesting characteristics about these characters. Yeah. And I think that Farah is so like in the prototype of a normal fantasy character but then there are some things that are quirky that are interesting yep because when i first read the book i was like this is just another katniss she had a bow and arrow in the woods and i was like i i audibly rolled my eyes that's (laughs) that's how much i rolled my eyes during the first chapter and that's something you should know is that like i think that's what one of the interesting things that Sarah J. Mass does in her books is like she kind of makes you think that it's going to be like every other fantasy book. And then it is not. No. Everything changes. In every book, too. Yeah. And you're just like after the first book, you're like, oh, OK, I see mm-hmm. where she's going with it. And then she's not. So yeah. it's very fun. And I almost think she uses it to make you feel comfortable. Ooh. She's like, oh, you're comfortable here in this forest with this hero that can shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah. But then it's like. So we meet Farah in the woods. She has two sisters. She has a father. Her mother's died. Evil stepsister, Again, Cinderella shit going on. Right away. Like, sad girl mm. has to take care of her family, even though they don't fucking appreciate I'm her. I'm the brave one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
So right off the bat, you kind of feel like this is something you've read before. But then we find out, like, some very interesting facts about Farah. A, she's illiterate. She cannot read, which is so the opposite of every fucking heroine. Because every author loves reading. So they always make their head girl love reading. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, we get it. You're quirky and interesting because you can read. Exactly. (laughs) Now, she does have a quirky pastime, and it's painting, (laughs) which... I don't love. Listen, I understand it. I'm <laughs> I'm fine with you having a hobby until literally everything you look at, you're like, I want to paint, paint that. that. I don't look at a street and be like, I want to run down that street. <laughs> mm. <laughs> However, I will say when I was talking to a producer about this, he was like, but I literally do look at certain handrails and be like, I want to skateboard on that handrail. And no. I was like, that's true. You do That's do that true. so maybe my hobby isn't as like <sighs> visual as like i guess some other people so um i just the painting thing is wild <laughs> yes so, someone was like wouldn't it be so funny if like the movie like the series comes out and she's like a terrible painter and like no one can tell her because mm. i also like at some point she's in a cabin and she just paints the whole cabin with eyes everywhere and i was kind of like <laughs> Do, do people like this? <laughs> I came in and painted my house. <laughs> murals all over my house. I'd be like, excuse me? Do you think Lucian's sitting around with Asriel? Like, should we tell her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to tell? It reminds me of that like, scene Lucian, from a- Lucian, you've known her longer. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me from like not another teen movie. And like, it's just like, you have her eyes. And it's like stick figures. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying about the painting. It is so funny. And I would love if Reese was just indulging it for no reason. And everybody's like, don't piss off Reese. He's like so tough. Oh my God. Okay. So painting's crazy. Painting, illiterate. She is also not not a virgin. And she's not like 16, which I also really love. She's like, what, 20? Yeah, she's in her 20s. She's in her 20s. She's a grown ass woman who has a fuck buddy in town which yeah. i love thomas clearwater you yeah. know that's who's trying to get married to nessa oh. at some point but anyway or uh edith what's her name fucking elaine. elaine um but yeah i just when we get through the first couple chapters and she's not a virgin i was like thank god mm-hmm. i am so tired of one to five hundred year old men like deflowering these young girls. And like, I know men take a little longer in the oven. I get it. <laughs> Their maturity is rough, but it doesn't take an extra 400 years. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. So I was so glad that she had had sex multiple times and just for fun. She doesn't love him. No, she's just having sex for fun. Yeah. I was like, go it's girl. Yes, it's really, really nice. And I also love that. She deals with some very severe PTSD. Oh, yeah. And she deals with an unsupportive partner. Like, I think that that was something that, like, when you start the second book, that really blew me away. That, like, Tamlin, who is the guy in the first book that she falls in love with. It's the Beauty and the Beast story. The happy story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, very typical fairy tale. And then... We get to what we don't normally do in fairy tales. We get to see what happens after the story the ends, happily after ever they never. beat the baddie. <laughs> right. And it is that she is struggling. He is like, 
well, I'm helping her by not getting involved. Right. Because he doesn't. <laughs> just like having sex with her and like He's emotionally like unavailable to that type of trauma, I yeah. guess, because he's dealing with his own uh-huh. his own shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, I don't know, being the man in the iron mask for mm-hmm. 50 years or whatever he was. But I love that she's waking up with these nightmares. Now, I personally don't think anyone vomits as much as someone <laughs> as someone who vomits a lot. And I like I throw up at least three times a month. I'm not lying to you either from either from drinking or just like Ever since I had kids, I had really, really bad morning sickness. Really? So my gag reflex is very, like, soft. Like, a lot of... So as somebody who throws up a lot, none of this shit in this book would make me throw up. Except for maybe murdering the innocent people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would be rough. But, like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. So she's dealing with this. Like, she's having nightmares. Mm -hmm. She can't see certain colors. She can't do certain things things and she's unable to explain it to people around her because they all seem fine even though they're all not fine just nobody's talking about it yeah nobody's talking about it and no one is listening to her like one of the things that really got me again when I've been like listening to people talk about the books is like she's supposed to get married to Tamlin Mm -hmm. they're engaged they're engaged and She's like, I don't give a fuck about the wedding. Like, whatever. She has this horrible dress. Just like, no red roses. And she, all she asks for is no red. And then there's, like, red roses. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, and I just feel like that is such a relatable feeling, too, especially, like, for people who've planned weddings of, like, I asked for this one thing. Like, I'm really trying not to be insane, but, mm-hmm. like, I asked for this one thing and nobody's listening to me. Right. Like, and it gets really frustrating. So, and- like... I don't know. They're just like little things like that where I think that Farrah connects to like all sorts of different women. Right. You know? And I think also to the fact that the red is a trauma response yeah. and they're really just not hearing it. Yeah. Um, and that Tamlin has this terrible like aggression. He has anger issues. Um, so she's scared mm-hmm. to tell him what she's actually thinking. Like she is scared of him, even though she loves him and she feels guilty because she's like, I murdered people mm-hmm. for you because yeah. I love you. Mm-hmm. So if I don't love you anymore, that just makes me a murderer. Right? That's terrifying. Yeah. Well, and That's like so sad. Second guessing yourself after being in like kind of an emotionally abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you see her deal with the fallout of that of like, then she chooses to leave. And then she's like, I'm not allowed to love again because, like, I had this great love and I just gave it up like that. So, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? It makes me? her look like a liar. Everybody yeah. everybody in the Fae world yeah. saw her declare her love. Yeah. And in she looks like a liar. Way. A super big liar. Oh, my gosh. It's just like. How foolish would you feel? I'd feel so foolish. Yeah. But, again, it's like these are things and obviously, like, <laughs> that people deal with in the real world, though, mm-hmm. of, like. Oh, I st- it's like I think it kind of describes why a lot of people stay in like abusive relationships oh, yeah. of like because it's like, well, I can't now just like go back. It's easier. I can't just it's just like it's easier to stay and just be like, this is my life now. Like somebody bought me that you toaster know? for our engagement party. Yeah. So now I have to go through with it. It's like, right. no, you don't. Yeah. No, no, you, you don't. don't. <laughs> you do not. And it's crazy because like obviously like Resand is the guy that she ends up with. He's from the night court. He's dark and brooding and mm. he's wonderful. And if it wasn't for like him comforting her and like kind of like pulling her out of it, like he flirts her out of it. She would have just gone through with it. And she would have died there. Yeah. She totally miserable. Would have. Miserable. 
And like, I mean, he picks her up and she's like wasting away. Yeah. I mean, the amount of time she like thinks like it flashes through her head about taking her own life or mm-hmm. that she should have taken her own life after killing those fairies is like startling. Yeah. You don't see that in a lot of like no, new adult, don't. new adult fiction. No, because she is a strong character. She's mm-hmm. always depicted that way, which we love because she's tough, but she also has girly moments. It's like in the first book, she's like, I want to wear pants and that's it. But then you feel like, and then she's like, Oh, but I also do like dresses. So yeah. it's not that I don't. She wanted to wear pants so she could escape. Exactly. So she could run, so she could hunt, so she could move. And then she's like, oh, well, once I don't have to escape, like, let me curl my hair. Yeah, and, like, exactly. put on makeup. Like, I look so cute. I'll wear that crown. Shut up. Don't put it on me. <laughs> Wait, do I really look good in this? Yes. Tarquin, do you really think I'm cute, though, Summerlord? Um, let's talk about Nesta. Okay. Older sister universally hated Nesta. People on fan groups online are like, somebody explain to me why we should like Nesta. And I just, I'm a Nesta apologist. I couldn't deal with it until she got her own book. Mm. And we got a little bit more into her. But like, even like through like most of her book, I was like, I'm so fucking mad at her. Yeah. Because she is the oldest, right? Oldest Oldest, prim and proper. She is a nasty very nasty mm-hmm. she's so mean to everyone and yeah. she's so mean to Feyre who like literally sacrifices everything to keep her family safe and to like hunt food for them and do this and like I really I had a hard time with her especially in the beginning when they're all human like nobody's Fey yet yeah and <laughs> her and Elaine are like, but I want new boots and I want a new coat and she's like, I fucking made oh, the money yeah. <laughs> you idiot, like, we need first yeah I think it all came together for me when I realized that Nesta was nasty because she's ashamed Mm. like when she says little things like I didn't realize you couldn't read like I didn't realize how young you were when mom died like those things I just wish she like she puts up these shields because she doesn't want people to know she made mistakes Mm. and it's like I I start to sympathize with her Mm -hmm. during those moments and there are two quotes that I wrote down (laughs) that I need to read because the Nesta is so easy to hate. But the first one comes in the fourth book, which is like a fan service book, when Cassian is like falling over himself in love with Nesta. Maybe mates, definitely mates, I think. Yeah, they're definitely mates. Um, And Farah says to him, she will never love freely and gift it to everyone who crosses her path but the few she does care for i think nesta would shred the world apart for them shred herself apart for them and i vibe with that so much Mm -hmm. like so much i was like yeah i totally understand like i'm not gonna just like bounce around and love everybody like you know some people do but the people i do love like Mm -hmm. i really love yeah i think that's a good one i think it is too and i think it also um it's another not typical person we see in like a fairy tale Mm -hmm. you know and she's also the most beautiful yeah and sometimes people are just evil to be fucking evil Mm -hmm. in fairy tales especially like stepsister characters and but also usually they're supposed to be like so ugly like their character is supposed to reflect how they look on the outside which is maddening um (laughs) i feel like claire delavine i sometimes picture her as Mm -hmm. nesta because she can have that like very like pert like pinched face pinched like angry like fierce face Mm -hmm. you know um but i i love that she is a person who like does love people Mm. but she's just selective she like 
we want women especially to be like golden retrievers and just mm-hmm. be like nice to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's such a great example. And yeah. That's not just the way it she's is. like, no, I'm a fucking Doberman. Yeah. And like, I'll protect this house. <laughs> I'm a kitty but, cat like, baby. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. You know, what I'm, I'm just going to bark like... at anyone that gets too close to me. <laughs> rough, rough. And I don't know. I, and, and honestly, she has a lot of things to be angry about too. Cause like their mother died and like, I think Nesta is one of the only ones that like like Nesta was old enough to like really feel that so the loss, hard. yeah, the loss, you know. And, and then their dad just like abandoned them. So it's like she's dealing with a lot, and she pushes female friendships away, you know, and as many of us are taught to do. Mm-hmm. But I love that when she does get her own book, it's the like for Feyre, Resand pulls her out of the shit that she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I love that it wasn't that for Nesta. Yeah. Obviously Cassian's like this great person who they have a lot of hot sex and like whatever. But like, I love that it's these two girls that she meets that pull her out of it. And then and they have to fight together to win. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's because so nice. She's not an Island. Right. And like, I don't know. I love that. It's like the thing she rejects the most. And then it's the thing that like really fucking saves her in the end. And I like an interesting character. She is an interesting character. I also like that. Like she is fine. Um, being close with friends and not necessarily being close with her sister. Uh-huh. She's like, it's okay if I tell my friends a secret that I don't tell you, Farrah. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah. I don't have to be best friends with you just because yeah. you're my sister. And I think Farrah feels personally attacked by that. She's <laughs> like, no, you do have to be best friends with me. I am the high lady of the night court. Yep. <laughs> tell me what well, you're doing. And I love that, like, she also goes through a trauma. She also has a very different response to it. Yeah. And, like, hers is, like, Getting drunk, going out, sleeping, gambling, with guys, gambling, one night stands, and she's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna spend all of recent <laughs> money. money, and I don't give a fuck." Like, <laughs> she's like, "I'm a dirty, dirty whore, and I, I love it. <laughs> I'm living in this shack, and like, I don't care." Like, what a great character she is because she's so she's realistic, so complicated. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people could like see themselves in her of like. Oh, yeah, like, sometimes I just want to live in a shack and drink myself to death and fuck dudes because I don't fucking want to do this anymore. Yes. Like, yes. Oh, my gosh. And her breaking point in her book, mm-hmm. her and Cassian hike up a hill. Mm-hmm. This is the quote that I finally <laughs> fell in love with her. I started crying. I was like, this is beautiful. It says she had been born with claws and fangs and had never been able to keep from using them. Never been able to quell the part of her that roared at betrayal that would hate and love more violently than anyone had ever understood. Mm. What a true story. (laughs) That's the thing. She she has to keep it all so tight in her because she feels so much. Right. You know, she doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve. And I fucking love that about her. Hmm. She's just such a bitch. A bitch. Elaine okay. is my uh, least favorite sister. Let's talk about Elaine. <laughs> Elaine is the third sister. Is she? Because Feyre is the youngest, Yeah, she's right? the middle sister. She's the middle sister. I. She's sweet like a flower. She's just a little baby Elaine. <laughs> I hate Elaine. She's so boring. She she's, needs to get a book. She needs a book. Or as needs a book and she needs to be part of it. Yeah. I just feel like she is the boring main character that we're kind of used to yeah you know of like i, I like, like baking and gardening i and like, like to talk I'm to people i'm sweet. so cute let's yeah, have tea I'm, she, i'm gonna wear my dress 
she's supposed to be like the golden retriever mm -hmm. of like no i'm just here for everyone else's pleasure and like, she does love sweet. everyone she's very pliable mm -hmm. people like her nobody's like fiercely into her they're not oh. like let's go hang out alone but she's yeah. like fine in a group but then it's like again everybody in this book goes through trauma and then reacts to it in like very different ways so like she is engaged to this guy who is like very anti-fae and like mm -hmm. wants to murder all the fairies <laughs> and then shit goes down she becomes a fairy she becomes a fairy what, what, what? <laughs> and uh, it's just one of those things like i think that even though like nesta obviously goes off the rails and is drinking and gambling and living in a shack i actually feel like elaine's dealing with it is fucking worse she just totally shuts down and, like, won't talk to anyone. Like, she just becomes, like, a shell. Yeah. Like, and it's just, like... She walks around like a ghost. Yeah. She won't explain herself. And she yeah. physically is capable of it. Like, I'm sorry. Get over yourself. Yeah. She's annoyed. She annoys me. She's making Nessa take care of her. She's making Farrah take care of her. She's using all Reese's money and hospitality yeah. and doing nothing. Yeah. And then she's giving all these crazy predictions. Nobody knows she's a seer. I'm sorry. How did you miss that? I even figured it out before we got to that point in the book. I was like, she's obviously giving predictions, you idiots. Yeah. What's she talking about? A firebird? These two ravens? Like, come on. It's pretty wild. There, there are people in these books that have been alive for thousands of years. Yeah. And they didn't know. They didn't even think once. That there could have been yeah. a seer amongst them? I don't I I don't like that whole part. No. I also it bothers me that like men are clamoring for her, <laughs> like Lucian and Asriel. Like two troubled boys. Two troubled boys, but it's kind of like okay. She's not all that, you know. Like, yeah. but I also like because I think it's what said that like Lucian is he's like mated with her. Right. So and, like, she just won't even – she's so obsessed with this fairy-hating boy or whatever. Yeah. And, like, so traumatized by that. She won't even thing. talk to him. I don't know. And, again – And I'm Lucian sure... was also there when she got thrown in the cauldron, like, partially his fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really Tamlin's fault, but partially. But, yeah. I don't know. I just don't really feel much towards her. But I'm also sure that if I hadn't gotten that Nesta-focused book, I would feel the same way about her. Oh, I would hate Nesta. Yeah, I wouldn't have come around. So, like, Cassian I'm got her an ancient room. book. I'm leaving room to love Elaine, but it's just hard right now because she's like such a nothing character for me. Yeah, we need more. We need yeah. more character development. Let's Speaking talk about the more. <laughs> Morrigan. Morrigan. <laughs> so in mythology, the Morrigan's a great warrior queen goddess of the Celts. So that is what they're alluding to here. She is super powerful. She is the third ranking person in the night court, the court of dreams. Um, she's Reese's cousin. And we come to find she is bisexual, mm -hmm. which is great because there are lots of boys pining after her, but she is more interested in female relationships. She has yeah. male mm -hmm. relationships, sexual and non-sexual, but she's more interested in having sexual female relationships, which we I don't think we find out until the third book. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's the third book when Farah and her finally have the conversation of like, what, what are you doing right now? Right, because Asriel is like in love with more. So in love. And now, and I, I also, I love this kind of realistic thing. She goes, 
but now I don't know how to let him down because like it's been too long. It's been too long. I mean, they've been alive for hundreds. This has been going on for hundreds of years. Yeah. And I kind of love the realistic like portrayal of like, I care for him so much, but I don't want to crush him and ruin our relationship. I don't, it's just, it's very precarious, but he absolutely knows he's a shadow singer. He is the spy of the night court. Yeah. He keeps tabs on everybody in the night court. Right. So how could he not know? He knows. He knows. And she knows he knows. Uh, like, there's no way that they all don't know. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's sp- yeah. Specifically, I think Asriel knows. And he's just, like, holding out that she actually loves him. I think it would be very interesting if... They are actually mated, and it turns into a polyamorous relationship. Oh. I think that would be interesting yeah. because I do think she loves Asriel, and I do think she enjoys, mm-hmm. like, male partners. Mm-hmm. I just think that she is not, like, open to having a monogamous relationship with Asriel, and she doesn't want to break his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing I, I do like about more is, you know, we find more about her backstory, and she comes from the Court of Nightmares, this horrible family. Just absolutely horrendous. Oh, my God. She was supposed to be married off Uh to the son of another high court, the autumn Mm -hmm. court. And so she purposely has sex with her cousin's friend Mm -hmm. to, like, make her a tarnished woman. Mm -hmm. And then they her family leaves her in the woods and nails a note to her stomach. (sighs) And then her fiance, Eris, who... I love Eris. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to like him, but I like him. I feel like he's another Reese. I feel like oh, he's yeah. another, like, you think I'm naughty, but really I've been playing the good side all along, and mm-hmm. this is just the part I'm playing. I love that. <laughs> Even though my partner's the exact opposite. My yeah. partner's like, I'm the good boy. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves me. I'm golden. <laughs> I love the idea of somebody who's like, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm an asshole, but I'm actually quite nice. Yep. So anyway, she and he comes to the woods and finds her with this note nailed to her and is like, just leave her. But I think we're coming to find that he was like, I know she doesn't want this. Yeah. You know, right? Is that true? I hope so. About Iris? I don't know. I do have some hope for Eris. I really do. I agree. I think we're going to like him more as the books go on. Especially once the Baron dies. Or gets killed. (laughs) Yeah, Um, thank God. Get rid of him. So, but yeah, and I think that Moore is very interesting because she's a very sexual being. She Mm -hmm. likes to have fun, but she's so incredibly powerful. And I was just thinking about like, because Fair is asking her, she's like, well, why did you sleep with Cassian to, mm-hmm. like, do this task? Like, you guys are friends. And she goes, like, well, like, we are friends. It's kind of why. You know, I knew I could trust him. I knew I could feel safe with him. And also, <laughs> she is like, you're going to have sex with someone to piss people off. Might as well be an Illyrian. Top notch. <laughs> she's, I wanted <laughs> to have be sex a with specimen the of a man. Hot, 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 <laughs> Cassian. <laughs> I, I also, like, I think she's so good at giving advice through her trauma. Yeah. Because when they're sitting at that first dinner, when they all meet in the second book, and um, they're telling Farah she should train, and she goes, um, don't you think it would send a bad message? And, like, everybody gets kind of quiet, because that's what Tamlin's mm. been spoon-feeding her. It'll be bad if everybody sees you train. And she goes, let me tell you something, Farah, as someone who I think has been through what you've been through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If it didn't send a message that you walked away, yeah. the message has been sent. And second, 
build yourself up to be a person that you don't give a fuck what they think. And it's like, that was so influential to like for Farrah to hear a woman who was also supposed to be yeah. tacked down to this marriage that she didn't want be like, I'm, and also God, when she picks her up from the palace after she, Farrah explodes and oh she says, gosh. you're free. Yeah. She doesn't say you're safe. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say I got you. She says, you're free. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that is gut wrenching because she went through that exact same thing yep. of feeling like she's tacked down. Mm -hmm. well, I feel like it's always like, like, obviously, like, Rhysand saves Favorite a lot or whatever. But I also love that more is sh so shown as like caring for her and getting to her to safe spaces. Mm -hmm. And I think that that also comes from like her having so much trauma, you yeah. know, and more like, saves her from Reese. Yeah, I know. Takes and, her away. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you'll be safe here. I'm going to leave you alone. See you in three days. I'll be back. Just like, <laughs> like, it's like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. It's not just a man saving favor all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, because I also, I think female friendship is also like, like a really sneaky big part of these books. Oh yeah. Which I, they're like having dinner together, love. going out for wine, sitting on the couch and passing out and talking. Like it's very real. Like mm -hmm. people don't depict that in books. It's always the one girl with the two boys. Exactly. She's the cool girl that the boys like. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, what if, wait. Girls that are friends with each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Where's all the cool girls that are friends? And not all catty. the cool girls with daddy issues. <laughs> They're all here. <laughs> We're all together. Right about us. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I just think the Morgan's a great, great character. I also love that she has a secret mansion with horses oh, <laughs> like, out in the I wild. Know. What is I that? Set up for a book for me. Why don't you? I am waiting with bated breath for the Morgan. Uh-huh. And I love that they showed her being girly. Like when yeah. she saw the lady of the night, the winter court, and they like squeal and like yeah. run up and hug. It's not seen as annoying. It's seen yeah. as like, this is how we act. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. To be like, oh my God, I haven't seen my friend in 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. <laughs> I don't know. I love her. All right. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Amarin. Okay. Amarin is so mysterious. She's from another world. Obviously, this is where we get into some of like the Crescent City stuff. Sure. She has a monster living uh -huh. inside of her, a monster that wouldn't know who they are. She had to give this monster up to lock herself in a fey body. Mm -hmm. We come to find that she kind of thinks her, her people let her do it because they saw how much she was interested in the human world. The Fae world is kind of weird Yeah, when she describes it at the end of the third book when, like, they're releasing her into the cauldron or some shit. I, when I, when that okay. happened, I thought Amarin was double-crossing. I had to read it, like, six times. The battle scenes are difficult to read in these books. They're hard. It's like reading Quidditch. Yeah. Who cares? And it's, like, one of those things, too, like, there's, like, the cauldron, and they're grabbing onto the cauldron, and the cauldron's whipping them around. And I'm like, what's happening? Like. <laughs> And Amarin's like latching her on, and then Fair is confused because Amarin's supposed to be hot. Whatever. I don't know. Amarin loves puzzles, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's good at them. She calls everybody girl or boy, like to condescend because she is thousands of years old, millennia. Yeah. She's like most of the people in this book are four or five hundred years old. She's yeah. thousands of years old. Yeah, and and I'm, was an inmate for a really long time. Yes, <laughs> and I love that she is very like mysterious. Yeah. I love that about her. I love that, like, even Reese, who's like, I don't know what the fuck she is, mm -mm. but she's my number two. <laughs> and that's all you need to know. He like, goes, I'm the, what does he say? 
I am the strongest high lord in all of Prithian history, and I've cut her off twice. <laughs> <laughs> Two times I've cut her off in a sentence, and I was scared as fuck. <laughs> she loves jewelry. <sighs> loves her jewels. Yes. I love, I love a girl that loves her jewels. She knows what she wants. She mm-hmm. knows that her boss is rich as fuck, mm-hmm. and she takes advantage of it. Yeah. And then she bags a prince. Yeah. We also know she drinks lamb's blood. <laughs> she loves the lamb's favorite. blood. Very um, vampire-esque. She doesn't yeah. eat. No. I also, like, how do you picture her apartment? Because I have something, like, so specific in mind. Okay, so I have a studio apartment with the, the hitched roof. Yes! Because it's at the top floor. Yes! Because she would not dare have somebody banging above her. <laughs> um, but I also think that she probably owns the entire, like, floor below her but like just only yeah. lives in the just top only part lives in that um yep. and i think it is just cluttered there's a open kitchen the bed is out then there's just a bathroom but she doesn't uh-huh. use the bathroom we find out about her until she becomes uh-huh. human human again um yeah i absolutely i picture it cluttered i picture old books and artifacts just sitting around i picture like weird skulls being paperweights <laughs> and like just all the weird thing things in different languages things from you know things you would knickknacks you would collect from being alive for yeah. thousands of years is what i picture in her house and i love it you know it's so funny is i picture the exact opposite you pictured super modern I and clean picture, so i picture the same thing you're talking about top floor you know attic style like Roofing. perched roof but i picture wood floors wood beams but everything is painted white and it's all very bare there's like one mattress in the middle that she literally only used for <laughs> no having way. sex no way <laughs> and there's like one desk that there's just like kind of some shit on some puzzles mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I just picture that she's like, oh yeah, the bed, that's like utility purposes only. Like, I don't really use it. And like, she doesn't sleep. <laughs> and that's what I picture always. And it's, there's no bed frame. It's just a mattress on the floor. <laughs> Can you imagine Varian coming over? <laughs> the prince of the summer court and being like, um. What's happening here? Excuse me. I thought you were the second ranking person yeah. <laughs> in the night court, but you are living in a mess. I, yeah, I don't know. I just, she's so interesting. She doesn't play games with the others. She's, she's the only one who, I feel like she is Reese's, uh, parent figure. Both his parents are dead. She will, she'll look at him and say, that was a stupid decision, boy. Yeah. Like, and she's the only one who does that because she's yeah. really the only person who is technically more knowledgeable than him. Yeah. Because he is very intelligent. Yeah. Well, and I like that you have to earn her respect. Oh, yeah. Like, she, like you were saying, like, she doesn't play games. No. It's like, and if she doesn't like you, that is, like, very clear. Like, I feel like she has some really nasty conversations, or like, with and around Nesta. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, you're being a fucking cunt like yeah she is <laughs> she's rude and like i love that amarin is a female character who can speak her mind and no one can clap back at her people can clap back at nesta because she's being unreasonable mm-hmm. she's being a bitch but like amarin is a female character who can just say whatever she wants and it's like yeah, she's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> just calling a spade a spade. Yeah, and she's so intelligent because I think, so Sarah J. Mass writes this so perfectly because when Feyre does find out that Reese is her mate, um, she asks who knew. Um, and he says, 
uh, Moore and Amber know Cassian and Az suspect. Mm-hmm. But the only time we find out that Moore, that uh, Amron might know is when they get to that first dinner. Yep. And Amron looks at Reese, and Reese gives her a nod, and that's it. Yeah. They never bring it up again. Yep. She could scent it on her, mm-hmm. like, immediately. Like, oh, I understand what's happening here. Yes. Yeah. Which is, again, why, like, if Elaine is a seer, how Amron did, did Amron not know Amron would know. And the, the only excuse would be that Amron was so focused on dealing with Nesta's gifts, which yeah. she was, mm-hmm. that she just didn't have time to focus on Elaine. Or Elaine was up at the House of Wind, and Amber never goes to the House of Wind yeah. or whatever. Like, they could use that. Yeah. They whatever. Could. But, yeah, I think she's very interesting. I love that she's so powerful. I love that she's otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that she's, like, everybody's weird, evil aunt. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's fun. She is very fun. And I love that throughout the books, like, she has this relationship with this guy and it <laughs> develops and it's just really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh my gosh, she's great. All right. So now we're going to get into like, those are, I feel like are like the big characters. Uh-huh. And so these are some of like the smaller characters. So we have Alice who I think plays a very stereotypical role in the first book. She's the maid, the handmaiden of Feyre in the spring court in the first book. Mm-hmm. I enjoy Alice. She's an, a little bit of an older woman. Yes. Apparently she has a face like tree bark. But but she, <laughs> but Feyre didn't know that at first because she had the glamour. Uh-huh. And I think that this is a like a very common character of mm-hmm. like, the handmaid that's like there to kind of let the female protagonist like in on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of her buddy, her confidant, the person, the only person in the house that favor can trust from the get go. And we come to find that Alice is very smart. Like in mm-hmm. the second book when Feyre is, or the third book when Feyre is playing games, trying to like bring down the spring court, you know, Alice balks up and she's like, listen, us blue collar folk, we talk to each other, mm-hmm. and there's nobody who's ever said Resand has touched a girl like that. So, I think you're a fucking liar. Yeah, <laughs> she's like trying to like, and Farah's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it is. I find her very interesting. I love the very knowledgeable blue collar worker that's working among the wealthy. It's a fun character. Yeah, and because she's like kind of a a refugee from the summer summer, summer court. court. Yeah. So she is like also I think she connects with favorite because she's not in her element. Yeah. You know, her sister and brother have died and uh-huh. she was raising her two nephews mm-hmm. and the nephews are hidden away during the plight mm-hmm. and Alice is working to support the whole family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that I feel like we know more about her than we typically know about this type of character, mm. which I really like. And I like that she isn't as you said like a hundred percent on like tamlin's team yeah she's not because she's not she's not spring court no she's not she's not a lucian she's not a yes man Mm -hmm. she is like she's on Farah's team yeah she does what a handmaiden is supposed to do which is be on your team and tell you tell you the goss Mm -hmm. (laughs) tell you the hot goss in town and try to help you out and that's what she does yeah which I think, um, if we since we're talking about this, Nala and Caradwin, who oh, become yeah. her handmaidens, their wraiths in the night court and when she's under the mountain, are also very interesting because they're very similar mm-hmm. to that. Um, although I think that they are they answer to Asriel, I think. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I think there's a point in which we find out that they, like, spy for him along with his shadows because they're half Rafe and half Fei Fei. Interesting. Yeah. So apparently they're, I don't know. There's a lot to that. They mention it, like, one or two times. That's one you have to, like, really dig for. But it yeah. seems like they answer to Asriel and not Rasand. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. <sighs> All right. Then we have, so this is. The priestesses are crazy. These are characters that come up in the fifth book that is focused on Nesta. Yes. And some, I think they go to the library to um, to do some research in, like, the third book when okay. she gets back. But we don't, right. yeah, but yeah. we don't get to know them personally. Like, Clothos is the only one that's named yeah. in the third book. But by the fifth book, like, Gwen is a huge character. Yeah. So the way it works in Prithian is that priestesses are not necessarily super holy. Um, some of them are super corrupt. Well, so it's just like real life. Some of them yeah. are super corrupt, like religious figures who are trying to like get a foothold in the courts. And some of them are dedicated to a life of, I guess, literature and uh, worship. Yeah. And we meet a lot of them. Yes, we meet a lot of them. And I also like that the library and like the priestesshood is like a safe haven for some women who have been abused mm -hmm. and like they can kind of like be safe in here and away from anyone who might hurt them mm -hmm. and I like that that's kind of the um the feel of this place but then also it kind of shows the downside of putting people who have been abused in a box yeah all you in know? one place <laughs> and then it's kind of like it shows that sometimes that's not the best in the long term, mm. you know, because they're not growing anymore. You know, it's kind of like they're here. They have their job. They do their things so like they are safe. But there's not a whole lot of like, OK, but what next? It's like it kind of feels like, well, this is your life forever, you know, which I don't think was like the intention, the intention. But like that's kind of what has happened then. And then it's like well, how do I leave this place if I would ever want to? Mm -hmm. And that's why I love the character of Gwen who, like, eventually does kind of, like, branch out, you know, and, like, so basically Cassian starts training these women to fight, which is so empowering. Mm -hmm. And I like that not everybody does it. It's yeah. not like all the priestesses are like, yes, I'm going to fight. Like, some of them are like, that's not for me. And, again, it's like the book showing that a lot of people experience really terrible things and you don't have to deal with it in the same way. Yeah. And I mean, I like the way that the story addresses it, that uh -huh. there's all these different women who are working in this place as a safe haven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're all there for different levels of abuse and mm -hmm. the night court has in some way either accepted them or saved them. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really hard for Gwen to be around Asriel because he is the one who saved her. Yeah. He's the one who took her out of the place where she was victimized. So mm -hmm. she's like, I don't want to train in front of him because I don't feel strong in front of him. Like things like that are so true to form. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think it's interesting that I think it goes for Nesta as well. Like when, when people have seen you weak, mm -hmm. you put up extra walls. Yeah. Uh, because you don't like that, that people yeah. see you as weak. Well, and then there's, it's interesting too, because there's a whole nother uh, kind of portion of women in the book who are the Illyrian women who are clipped who are there. So their wings are clipped. They mm -hmm. cannot fly. Their power is literally cut from them. Right. And it's interesting to me that like, they're also another whole group of women who is being like 
they're living in this very patriarchal society that Reese and Cassian and Asriel are like trying to change, but like they don't have as much power as like they ought to in this space, especially because Reese has been gone for like 50 years. Yeah, I think it's it's a really good show of like systemic problems. Yeah, that they with the Illyrian war camps, how they're just like, yeah, we could try and say outlaw. Yes, nobody can get their wings clipped, but then they are deemed unmarriageable. So some of the girls want to get their wings clipped because yeah. then they can get married and have kids. It's like such an interesting way that Sarah J. Mass wove that in because that is the way it works. Yeah. If you break that mold, you are then deemed inappropriate for the society you live in. And that's yeah. dramatic because it, it's kind of how when we find out that like things happen in other cultures that like we think are horrible to women it's like it's so easy to be like okay well that shouldn't be done anymore Mm -hmm. but it's so ingrained in their culture like I think about like female genital mutilation is like a practice that you're like what in the world like stop that immediately yeah and it's not as easy as we want it to be right we'll just stop it but it's like they're like well no like this is a rite of passage for Mm -hmm. like like some people see it as a rite of passage and like well no like this is something that, like, I've been told that, like, this is going to make me accepted into my culture. Mm-hmm. And then what, like, you're telling me to just, like, totally step outside of my culture? Like, so I think that it kind of sheds a light on these things that we think are so easy. It's like, okay, we'll just stop clipping the fucking wings. Mm-hmm. But, like, the the repercussions of that go deeper than maybe we realize at first you know which I think is a really interesting thing to depict in a book yeah and I think it's interesting that so Reese's mother and sister did not have their wings clipped Mm -hmm. his mother's Illyrian um because his father was mated with his mother Mm -hmm. and like saved her from it but the other big uh character that we get is Emery um who becomes really great friends with Nesta because of similar trauma and she did have her wings clipped and like mm-hmm. the muscles don't work quite right. And um, like on one side and um, I just find her to be very endearing because she is strong and brave and Illyrian through and through. Mm-hmm. And is like also just like the priestesses pushing back on going to training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? The fifth book is about women's rights. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's an amazing. <laughs> the fifth book is so I love. The so good. <laughs> um, all right, now we have to talk about the baddies. The, the bad ladies. The baddies. So, all right, this is Ianthe. Ianthe. I hate her so much. Okay, they're, the bad women in this book are all sexual abusers, which yes. I freaking think is an amazing thing to write into these stories. Yeah. Ianthe forces herself, not as much as Amarantha, but Ianthe, like, forces herself on boys. She, like, purposely strips herself down. She dresses as a priestess i picture her talking in this very lofty voice tonight is the night of the minsar you know like Uh where she is like trying to pretend that she's like almost like a cult leader yes she's so holy she wants to bang tamlin and have tamlin's babies and she's so mad that feyre exists it's crazy i picture her as sophie turner of course. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> Sophie Turner. Because I feel like she could really, like, you know, capture that. No, I'm just here to, like, do my, I'm just doing a job. I'm a priestess. This is what I'm supposed to do. 
but also like don't fuck with my plan (laughs) and like has ulterior motives and is keeping secrets and like power hungry whore i love it and crazy and yeah and i love that the the priestess like priestess is in this world you know we always think of them as like having to be celibate and like that is like totally the opposite in this world yeah you know and she uses sex like some of the other women do as like a power play mm-hmm. of like, all right, well, I'm going to assert my power by sleeping with this guy, seducing this guy, abusing this guy. Like, it's very interesting. And I hate Ianthe so much. And, and she I, I, ruins Favor's wedding. Yeah. And I just don't <laughs> like what she did to Farah. I don't mm-hmm. like what she did. Obviously, like, I don't like what she did to Reese or Lucian or like any of the other boys. But I think she betrayed womanhood at that point. She did. She was like, like at some point maybe you're lesser in society so you're using sex to get ahead and a Mm -hmm. lot of women do that Mm -hmm. and like i'm not you know use the cards that you have whatever but when she obviously not sexual abuse (laughs) like show a little cleave (laughs) (laughs) but like when she starts to like exclude Farah from the conversation and Mm -hmm. belittle her and not let her train and say why it's so dangerous for her to be powerful when she herself is power hungry that is so fucked I hate it and it kind of felt to me like she was a person who was like Farah, I'm your friend like I'm the only other like I'm your girlfriend in the spring court but she's lying but she's totally manipulating her yeah and then it's kind of like okay so now you're using like female friendship and camaraderie against Feyre be- to- for your own means mm-hmm. like it's so and when Feyre is obviously like dealing with PTSD and having a really fucking hard time and so she also Feyre just accepted it because she's like yeah when we go to parties I don't want to talk to people yeah I'll let Ianthe talk to people for me mm-hmm. I'll let her do the correspondence yeah. I can't read or write so I'm just gonna let her take care of all the yeah. it's like Ianthe is the acting first lady and Farah is like the breeding horse. Like it's really disgusting yeah. how they're I it's why the spring court is like appalling. Yeah. I which also <laughs> I love how Sarah J. Mass makes like the spring court like, oh, it's so beautiful here and it's lovely and this is like where you would want to be. But like I know for me, like even when I first got there, I was like, this place feels vacant and like weird and uncomfortable. Like it. Cause like it's a it's, manor house, but there's like no one around. Yeah. It's like an empty manor house. It's so with weird. just military that like he was sending out to be slaughtered like but, for 50 years. Like I'm so confused by it. I hate the spring court. His sentinels it don't also, even like it him. It feels like, like a new construction cul-de-sac to me. As well. <laughs> But, like, you're the only person who's moved in yet. So yes. then you're just in this empty cul-de-sac. And you're like, what's going on? <laughs> like, that's how it's always, like, felt. <laughs> it's a very uncomfortable place. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. And, like, the allergies must be bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's allergies are going crazy. But, and, like, the, the and night court is supposed to be, like, the cold alternative. It's like, why would you want to be at the night court? But it's, like bathed in the starlight i'm sorry thank you very and much valaris is just like san francisco at nighttime Ugh. it's just a whole bunch of row homes on the citadel which yeah. is the river and there's like artists and there's like a uh-huh. fun meat market and there's like all there's a music people playing music in the streets and you're like oh as a city girl that's yeah. where i want to be i would die in that Ugh. manor house just like farrah she's just a city girl yeah that's all she is yeah. i always picture the little town from kiki's delivery service <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that is cute. what I picture. So I've been just picturing this, like, San Francisco. <laughs> adorable coastal town with just like cute little shops and like cobblestone streets and like. <laughs> no way. It's San Francisco with the little prison out in the water <laughs> <laughs> and you're all up here. <laughs> And like there's a ball game happening. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> fine with it. I and like you know that everybody in San Francisco is like they have their gay flags out mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "Oh, we're on the Golden Gate Bridge, but there's fog today so we can't <laughs> see, but we're going to drive across it anyway cuz we're crazy." I love it. I love it. I want to live in there. <laughs> exactly. If I could if I could right now disappear and mm-hmm. live in a fictional world, it would be Valaris. Yeah. Totally no agree. questions asked. Totally I would agree. leave my family behind. <laughs> my family, my friends, my pets. Go to Valaris. Peace, guys. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right. So now we have to talk about Amaranthish. So she is what we would call in video game culture boss number one. Yeah. Big she, bad in the first level. <laughs> like, she's the main villain of the first book. And you don't realize that it goes so much deeper and so much worse. Like she's the first level you have to beat. <laughs> and it's like unfortunate that like she invited all the high Lords to a dinner and they all drank wine and then she stole their powers. Cause like, I do have to remember that like we beat her and like, it, then she feels kind of stupid, but like she had a leash on those men yeah. for 50 years, yeah. all of them, mm-hmm. including Rasand, which is like, like she sexually abuses him for 50 years for 50 years like forces him to have sex with her and he's like every like when he says things in the book like every time i was inside of her i wanted to slit her throat i'm like that is because i hear a lot of girls go through that like a lot of women have been like you know i have been raped or in like a sexually abusive relationship and i hate it i it's very different reading it from the other side and equally as disgusting yeah well and i also so the podcast I'm listening to, they were just talking about the Starfall chapter mm-hmm. and how like Starfall is something that it's like very special in Valaris, but like it happens all over Perithian mm-hmm. where like it's almost like a big meteor shower that comes through. And he was talking, I forgot about this when I first read it, but he was like, you know, Amarantha would make sure service her to, I would like, she would make sure that I serviced her all night on starfall because she knew how much i loved it yeah can you imagine that no i can't and he said but you know what i just got through it because i was like my friends are safe though my family is safe they're having a good time i'm here doing this and so he was like she and i like that he pointed out he's like she thought she was like really getting one over on me like and being like this is particularly like fucked for him but he's like actually it made me feel at least a little okay because like I knew that they were having a good time on Starfall because I was here. I was here. I like, was imprisoned by this crazy woman. <sighs> Tragedy. And like, I mean, immediately like I'm thinking service her. Like he had to perform oral sex all night. Is that like, it, that's what's happening. Yes. I mean, have you ever had to like perform oral sex for like five minutes no. too long? And you're just like, my jaw's dying. Yeah. I'm going to die. Awful. I will die. <laughs> and like, I can't believe he did that. All the time. To yeah. someone he hates. Yeah. He hates. Yeah. Oh, and and you know it's killing him too because it's like if she hadn't have siphoned his power, it's like he goes like, I could just fix this right now. Yeah. But I fucking can't because like she has taken a portion of my power. So like, he's doing so literally everything he can. Irritating. So really this podcast is about Rasant. 
it is because I love him. He's a dream. Um, but and- you're a Cassian girl, aren't you? Are you? No. I mean, I do love Cassian. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. do. But like. Rissand's the way that Rissand, like the way he's written, the way that he is, he's Hades. the fact that he makes mistakes, the fact that like he's really trying to like, he loves Feyre so much that like he's trying to give her her space and not make her feel trapped, but also pr- to protect her. It's mm-hmm. like, I love that he battles with that, mm-hmm. you know, it's I love so that great. he just feels like a real person. person. He feels like a real person. Yeah. He's so great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Amarantha is terrible. We hate her. <laughs> Horrible. So, so we think the last woman I want to talk about, which I think is going to come up in future books, is uh, the Lady of the Autumn Court, who we don't have a name. She's just Lucian's mom. Yeah. But Lucian, we find out, is a baby of an affair with Helian. That's right. And I, I think it's going to become very important because Helian doesn't have any heirs, and Lucian yeah. is kind of lost right now. Uh, so I think Lucian is gonna end up being the High Lord of the Day Court because he's the only heir, yeah, to the Day Court, and that's gonna be great because I don't think Eris actually hates Lucian. This got really deep, real quick. But now, now we're getting into things that like we're projecting. Like, we're projecting, and it's things that like again because I've only really gotten into it once, and like I'm going through it the second time, like via a podcast. Mm-hmm. So like. There are things that like, like things and theories and like whatever that like I haven't quite explored yet. You know, like I'm not as deep into like the online communities as you are. So like, yeah, I didn't even remember that like the lady of the autumn court was like really a character. Like, yeah, I love her. She like saved Farah in the first book in one of the challenges. Mm -hmm. And then it was because she like um, gave Amarantha Lucian's name or her name to save Lucian and then of course Amarantha turned that and like tied Lucian up because she knew it would hurt her which she was already torturing Lucian for Tamlin like poor Lucian I know I do feel really bad for him I do too because I actually love him in the first book I was hoping she would end up with Lucian Mm -hmm. I thought their banter was adorable I thought that they were fun together um I thought that Tamlin was just mean to him like he doesn't treat him like a brother. No. The not- way that like Cassian and Asriel are treated. But I guess it's because they didn't grow up together in the same way. And it also kind of feels like Tamlin treats Lucian as if like he owes him something. Yeah. You know? And it's yes. like, you owe me. Like, I saved you. Mm-hmm. And that's not a nice relationship. It feels like more of like a, you know, like how like fraternities have like bigs and littles and things like that when it's like almost like manufactured like close-knit relationships whereas like Cassian and Asriel and Reese just kind of all feel like they chose to be so close and like Lucian and Tamlin didn't and like Mm -hmm. that's why I think Lucian really feels like he can't say anything to Tamlin because he know like I don't think Reese would ever bring up like do you know what I did to Amarantha for fifty years for you mm-hmm. like he would never bring that up and no. use it against and his he purposely brother. doesn't exactly but I don't I think that Tamlin would do that immediately he'd oh, be yeah. like do you understand what I sacrificed to have you here mm-hmm. safe in the spring court do you know how many people I killed for you from the autumn court do you understand the relationships I broke yeah. for you yeah it is that's really hard and I I also like I struggle because I think Lucian loves Farah so much but I also yeah. think he's so jealous of her 
Yeah. Cause she got out and she found she got out and is happy. Yeah. And it's hard because like, I do think it's a, a problem that Sarah J Mass is pointing out, like in a lot of like male culture of Mm -hmm. like, just because like this person did something like, you know, brave for you or whatever, doesn't mean you owe them their whole, like your whole life, you know, or whatever. It's like that kind of like, well, that's my bro. So I got to defend him. Like, well, it's funny <laughs> no because matter what, like, it's very, uh, fay to like, owe somebody for something. Yes. It's very tit for tat. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like Valaris is so much more human yeah. in the fact that it's just like, okay, that's the leader. Yeah. Cool. See you dude. Mm-hmm. Like there's not as much, um, fairy like fairy culture that we're used to in mythology. Yeah. Well, cause I think that Rhysand has helped Valeris and you know the rest of his kind of like area kind of like move away from that like mm-hmm. I love that he was like they're still doing the fucking tithing in the spring court like what the fuck who does that who's, who's doing sitting in that? church for three hours on the summer solstice right. yeah, and, and it's like that thing of like why why are why is Tamlin still doing that mm-hmm. I feel like Tamlin is still very much caught up in like the tradition and he's like because my dad always did it exactly he's very much into the pomp and circumstance of being a high lord and instead of trying to help his people instead of actually trying to help his people Mm. a shame uh two shout outs (laughs) one for the water wraiths who i'm like obsessed with because they're crazy as fuck and like definitely save amarin and feyre in a hard spot and two for that crazy woman mercenary in like the first chapter i want to know her story i'm like wanting Mm, she was very interesting i'm wanting for that crazy woman to come back buying these sheep pelts and stuff also the children of the blessed oh talk about that oh my gosh and claire better like what a sacrifice i i felt oh i felt really hard for the children of the blessed because these are like humans that are like seen as absolute lunatics in the first book because like the fit because like the fairies are like seen as like evil fucking monsters right like from the humans in the first book and like they're these children of the blessed like no the fae just love us and they want us to be like we love the fae and like all things that people are like they're hippies wow like yeah (laughs) they're delusional (laughs) and it kind of makes me sad because like there are it's like they were obviously becomes a high fae mm-hmm. and like does love the fae world, but not in the way that like the children of the blessed are being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when we get into the war into the war and like, it just like really bums me out that yeah. like their naivety is played against them. Right. It's true. And I mean, we could go on forever. We've, there yeah, are so many so other many women. We haven't talked about Miriam. We haven't talked about the Queens. There are oh, too many people. Queens. I know the Ooh, fucking Queens. I hate them. Um, so, so there are so many women, but we've gone on for an hour about these ladies. Yeah. And uh, I'm so happy that if you're into these books that you had fun with us, but we're going to toast. Yes. We're going to give some promos. Um, and I think that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we're just okay. going to do one toast this yeah. week. Of course. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, to Farah, Curse Breaker, Protector of the Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> duh. Psych. But I love the, the quote that you um, picked out because this is like an exchange between Reese and Farah that is so good. Do you want to do the first half or the second half? 
I can do the first half. Okay. So a toast to the people who look at the stars and wish. To the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered. Ah, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm. I also loved Moore's quote, which I didn't I didn't realize this famous quote from the books came from Moore, which is to the people that don't let the hard days win. Yeah. I didn't realize that that came That's from her. That's in my book. What? It's so at the beginning of the book I'm writing, every chapter I have a quote from another book, and oh, that's I one of them. That. Don't let the hard days win. Yeah. I didn't Morgan, realize that, that was from Dash, her. Saturday Man. <laughs> yeah, good for her. Okay. All right. Are you ready for promos? Yeah, what are you enjoying in pop culture this week? All right, everybody, I'm going to give you a little hint. If you've <laughs> already read these books, there is an amazing fanfic author, Illyrian Tremors, and she has, from Callum Nye on written all the books over from Reese's point of view. Mm. Katie, the exact dialogue is in there, but everything is in Reese's brain, and he has conversations with, like, Cassian and Asriel, where, like, Cass is like, ooh, Sarah Darling. (laughs) (laughs) Picking on him, he's like, oh, what, are you going to take your girlfriend to see the weaver? (laughs) It's, like, so great. It is so good because at first I was tentative I was like if I want this I want it from Sarah J Mass but this author on fan fiction <laughs> did such a good job like using her verbiage like they came in and did blah by way of greeting and like just used her phrasing yeah. so well is it like almost as if like AI wrote it yes, <laughs> yes it's almost <laughs> as if AI wrote it um, and these came out with the books so she's been writing these fan fictions since about 2000 i'm saying she i don't know i'm assuming um since about 2017 mm-hmm. and like um i think did mostly the second book first and then went back and did the first book from calumni on okay but it is just like you can find all the chapters online they're all like separate posts there's a couple of websites who have compiled them all together and then there are people online who have compiled them and printed them out and had them bound to put on their bookshelf with the i have not gone that far but it is really fun to read because the very like fun cute ways that reese is acting Mm -hmm. you always feel like he's so like above it all and then just like to see him struggling with her flirting with you know tarquin in the summer court and struggling with like uh, and just talking to aaron where aaron's like she's your mate and he's like yeah more said i should have told her already and she's like i agree with more (laughs) you're an idiot you know it's just like really it's really fun you know what's funny is i don't agree with that i don't think that he should have told i don't either i think he was about to tell her when he got shot out of the sky i think that was a perfect moment like after the first finger what what are we finger blasting Um, i was gonna say finger bang (laughs) (laughs) but i think that if if he had told her right from, like if, as early as possible, it's like she would have been like, no. fuck you. You don't know like, me. You don't. Yeah, I agree. She shouldn't have known right because away. Because she was dealing with control of male behavior. Mm-hmm. And to be like, well, you're my mate would have been like, I'm not going to be controlled again. Like, yeah, don't. Touch she me. had to fall in love with him without knowing that they were mated. First. Yeah. But I also do agree that like her sitting around for a long time feeling guilty about not loving Tamlin was hard. It was her. hard. Yeah. Anyway, not so the point. Okay, all right. What's your thing? I'm gonna recommend, like, while we're on the topic. Um, so this is the podcast I've been recommend. I've been like referencing. So, 
<laughs> last podcast on the left is my favorite like true crime podcast. Sure. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've been listening to it for years. So now it's like the ladies of like the three guys who are involved in that podcast have now like branched off. Mm-hmm. So Henry Zabrowski's sister Jackie and his wife Natalie Jean have gotten together, which is so ironic too, because like we're sister in laws, yeah. they're sister in laws, and they love the books, have like read them together, and now they're doing this podcast. And it's great because so last podcast network, like so Henry Zabrowski is very into Dune. So he started a whole series really deep diving into Dune. And so now they're like, well, we want to do that for A Court of Thorns and Roses. So like it's LPN deep dives, Akatar. <laughs> and I love it because like Jackie is very like wild. And she, <laughs> I think her catchphrase should be goosh goosh. Because like whenever there's like a sexy scene. <laughs> And they dress up for every episode and they dress according to like the chapters that they're reading. And I love the way that they're doing it because they're not going chapter by chapter. They're mm-hmm. doing like big chunks of the books right. at a time, which I think makes a lot of sense, especially for these. And I, I just, I love their take on the books so much. And I love their, their talking and their banter and their, I don't know. I just, I think they're doing such a good job. <laughs> and, oh, there was another reason I was going to kind of, like, point towards that I love what they're doing. And I can't remember what it was. Because uh, it's a Court of Thorns and Roses podcast. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Which is perfect. <laughs> and they're trying really hard, like, not to spoil things for people who, like, haven't read to the end. So, like, if you want to read along, like, it's very friendly to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just think that they are doing a great job and i love them and i think natalie jean is so cool because she's a stunt woman in hollywood so she is like and she's like a former ballerina and like she's just like very cool and i respect her and jackie like a (laughs) lot so i don't know i just love it oh this is what i was gonna say and then at the end of each episode they do a section called men grappling with erotica and they make guys from the LPN network read like the sexy scenes. They don't tell them how to pronounce any of the names. <laughs> <laughs> and they just have to figure it out as they go. Yep. So like fire said, I love you. Or like whatever. <laughs> and then for one where they didn't have any, they had AI write a love scene. <laughs> and they put the characters of Tam or not yeah, Tamlin, Lucian and Feyre in the bot. And it totally took Feyre out and had it be a love scene between Tamlin and Lucian. <laughs> Perfect. And it sounded like something Sarah J. Mass would write. Perfect. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, yeah. It's so good. I love it. And we're only in the second book, guys. So, like, there's a lot more to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are glad you came here with us tonight. You can find us everywhere. Find us on Patreon. Find us on all of the social media. Uh, and this has been a treat. If you want more <laughs> A Court of Thorns and Roses, we might have to switch our entire focus. We might. You never know. If you want that, join us on Patreon. For Maybe it. we'll do it as like a special Patreon. Like if we get a certain amount of people. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> we would absolutely, if we were going to do it, we would broadcast it to everybody. That's true. Um, but yeah, join us there. Rate and review the podcast. Um, maybe on <laughs> about one of our regular episodes. Because if you haven't read the books, this was a nightmare for you. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. I sorry, really sorry, hope sorry, you didn't sorry. listen. Yeah, don't. Um, but yeah, we love you. 
And we want you to <laughs> never forget that well-behaved women do not turn into Faye. No. no. But they also rarely make history. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>